0: Good evening, everyone. You're tuned into The Constructionist Podcast, and tonight we are continuing our nine-part series on the body, constructing a new you. And so tonight's topic is nutrition and fitness, part two we covered part one of course last week and so if you need to get caught up on this podcast series especially this mini series go back to last week's podcast on our social media channels and you can pick up that podcast and listen get caught up we're discussing how nutrition and fitness affect and build the body mind and spirit So last week we talked about the theology of nutrition and fitness, we talked about the science of fitness and nutrition, and this week is our application week, and we have a special guest, her name is Stacy Cannon, she's a nutrition coach, a fitness coach, an endurance plant-based triathlete herself, and a coach for other endurance racers. She's our newest Hag Lake, which I'm not sure the name of the race yet, but we'll get that here in a minute. An endurance race director here locally in our Portland metro area, a yoga instructor, a sound healer, and a meditation guide. She does a lot and has profound knowledge, and we're excited to have her. She's a proud member of the American Association for Drugless Practitioners. The She's certified in the Institute for Integrated Nutrition. She also went to Grand Canyon University. She has tons of hours, but she listed 200 hours of yoga training, teaching teacher training. She is also a certified triathlon, ultra running, and endurance sports nutrition coach through the UESCA. She can actually be found on some pretty amazing websites and apps that you can find on your phone and download. She can be found on Insight Timer, for Healing Meditations. That's a free app that you can download. Just go to your app store on your smartphone and download Insight Timer. And um, also the Motive app that is coming soon, that heard meditations are coming soon on the Motive app, That is a specific endurance training app where she is doing meditation guide on that as well. She also can be found locally here in our Portland metro area through Cypher Life. And if you're interested in that, you can go to cypher.life and you can find out about her local classes, yoga and also sound healing. She's very knowledgeable in a lot of things and we are excited to have her this week. As the constructionists, We desire for you to be able to navigate your life through the framework of a worldview that is relevant and loving to people. That is our goal, to help build a new worldview that is relevant and loving. Part of this is getting our own house in order, learning to love ourselves so that we can uh, love others better. I want to encourage you to listen to a video that we've promoted all through this mini uh, podcast series. It's TED.com. And it's The Benefits of Not Being a Jerk to Yourself. The Benefits of Not Being a Jerk to Yourself by Dan Harris on TED.com. So in previous podcasts, we made mention that as we deconstruct old ways and toxic ways, I um, in unhealthy ways of thinking, we need to construct new ways and new pathways forward and learn a new thinking and understanding. So it's very easy to become exactly what we reject if we have no goal or no vision in front of us. So as we break down old habits, we break down toxic behaviors, we need something new to construct and grab onto forward. So this is our thinking space. We're not judgmental here. This is an open thinking space. We're not claiming to be scientists. We're not claiming to be any profession. Really, Stacy is our professional today, but we're not claiming to be anything really professional in some of these areas that we're talking about. These are just practical thoughts, practical theology, practical application for our life in order to live by. This is a nine part series. And so number one, our series started with goal setting, then habits and toxic behaviors. We talked about self-concept and beauty, and then two-part series on fitness and nutrition, and then we're headed right into, which will spin off of this week, spiritual practice and meditation uh, series, and then healthy relationships. We're going to talk about mental health, and of course, the often neglected rest. We're going to end this with rest. So note to our supporters, there's two ways that you can support us. Number one, we want you to listen to us and make notes and engage with us and ask questions. That's most important to us, that we're engaging with our audience, answering your questions. And as we're live or throughout the week, as you listen, we want to engage and answer anything that, that we can or find resources for you. If you want to give to us, you can on ResonateLife.org and go to the Give tab and you can financially support what we do here. And then there's another way that you can support tonight is you can go to Cypher.life and you can sign up for a class. If this interests you or if you want some special coaching or to attend a yoga or healing uh, sound healing time. Sign up at Cipher.life if you live in the local Portland metro area, and you can be involved with direct um, coaching and teaching for, from C- Stacy Cannon. So why are we talking about this? Just a couple of minutes, just to recap a little bit of last week. We talked about the theology of fitness and nutrition. How does this relate to our faith? and God and just our praxis in life. We talked about a lot of theology last week and science. I believe that theology and science actually go together. I don't divorce the two. And so theology and science definitely marry one another. So we talked about The science of fitness and nutrition, mostly nutrition, where we talked about diabetes and unhealthy eating habits and the toxins that we put in our body and what they can do to us. And so we talked about the science of that. And then tonight we're talking about application. Why? Because we need to care about our bodies. What we put in this body matters. What we take from this earth matters. And so as we take from the earth and we put in our body, that is a symbiotic relationship that we need to cultivate health and care of the world around us, and also our little worlds in this temple of our body. So what we do with it matters, and we only have, oh, I don't know, I plan on living, let's say, 80 years. I only have 80 years in this body, and I can treat it however I want, or I can repair it however I want. I didn't live very well in my 20s. I didn't live, excuse me, I didn't live very well in my early 20s, and I can say that I needed to make some significant changes in order to live a life of longevity. We want you to, it's never too late, and we want you to practice and do and make the changes you need to, to live a healthy life, holistic life, a spiritually filled life, so that you can be a whole person. It's all about being a whole human. All right. So let's start because I don't want to waste too much time. I want to start can I, with.
1: Can I interject one thing though, Kevin? Please, I'll have, check, I'll have you check your sound while I, while I do that. Okay. Um, something that Stacy did start what two days ago, right? Is your cohort.
2: Ah, uh, Yes. So
1: explain that to us a little bit.
2: Right. So um, one of the things that I had been working on was, well, of course, trying to spread the message of plant-based eating and living and what that looks like. And most of the time, what I hear from people is, well, what do you eat? Right? That can't be very exciting. And that's not a lot of variety. Um, but it's a wide world of food out there. And so, um, recipes are important and sort of learning how to think outside of the box in ways you prepare your food or food you normally eat, but, um, how to, sort of insert more vegetables into your regular rotation of meals. So it's education around that and um, yeah, bringing people together that want to learn how to cook plant-based, live plant-based, because it's the food, but it's more than the food, right?
1: Very good, okay. Well, I think I just lost Kevin there too. Um, He should be back here shortly. Um, What, where's the outline here? That's funny, he's totally gone. I've I've lost track of where I'm at. This is professional. I
3: can, I can ask a question to get us going.
1: Go for it. Yeah.
3: Something I was thinking about. So I think a lot (laughs) of um, fitness tends to focus on the body. Um, And what I'm seeing from you is, is more of a holistic approach um, where spirituality is involved. And so I would just love to hear you talk about that. Um, how is spirituality connected to what you do? How do you bring that to the folks that you teach and coach?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, well, like I said, it's it's about the food, but it's about more than the food, right? So um, I like to think of it sort of like a wheel. And if one of the spokes of the wheel is shorter than the other, it's not rolling very well, right? So if our connection to spirit, whatever that is, if we're not tuned into that, um, it's, challenging if our workplace is a depressing scene if our home life is a depressing scene right then you're probably not thinking man i just really want to create these gorgeous amazing nutritious meals right so we have to look at the whole picture taking care of our mind our bodies and our spirits
1: so Mm -hmm. very good thank you Mm -hmm. uh take it from here kevin so i think We kinda just talked a little bit while you were bouncing back and forth, so go for it. (laughs) Well, I had to
0: disconnect and reconnect. Does that sound better to you, Jake?
1: Much better, thank you. Okay,
0: all right. I don't know what's happening on the technical difficulty side of things, but hopefully we can make it through without another faux pas here. All right, so nutrition. Let's just dive deep into nutrition. I've only been plant-based eating. Uh, Some people call that vegan. I know that vegan is a lifestyle and also philosophy. Uh, we use that sometimes interchangeably with vegan and plant-based eating. So let's try to change our language to plant-based nutrition uh, because we know that that's different than veganism, just just to be technical. Uh, everybody is in a different season of their life. Everybody has a different position in life. Some people are... Wealthy, some people are middle class, some people are poor. We identify and we honor that, and we respect that in that this conversation. Some people have chronic illnesses and challenges that they're fighting through on a daily basis. We honor and we we want to address some of those things. And before we do that, let's talk about just generally, Stacy. What do you? Because I've only been plant based eating for about eight months, maybe seven seven months seven or eight, and I love it. Um, But you've been a plant based eater strictly for how many years?
2: 20 years, half my life, half your
0: life. So why (laughs) before it was cool? So number one, why did you make the change? What were your struggles in making the change or entering into this lifestyle fully? What are the benefits you see? Just talk openly about plant-based nutrition. What kind of benefits do you see for your life personally, but also professionally, what are you seeing in some of your clients?
2: Yeah, um, well, it sort of, I was raised on a property actually in Sherwood and we had chickens and, um, I loved the chickens. I named the chickens. I painted their nails so I could tell them. About it. <laughs> and then one day they were gone and our freezer was over. Oh. <laughs> and bless my parents, but that was a lot, right? And and I also, even as a child, um, the texture of meat, it just not was not something I was interested in. And I have always been extremely allergic to dairy. So mm it was sort of a natural progression from me when i went to college i was um i'll say a junk food vegetarian because you know cafeteria (laughs) life and um and then in college i found the practice of yoga and um Mm. one of the limbs of yoga we talk about is ahimsa which means non-harmfulness and to me that made sense right if we're all sentient beings then Why would we eat each other so that was really hit home for me um Mm -hmm. and i had sort of always felt that anyways like i didn't i didn't want to do that i certainly didn't participate in that preparation of food that way so i thought well i probably shouldn't eat it then um and then um in college i uh, majored in kinesiology and so i was very interested in the, the inner workings of the human body and the way we digest our food. And so just sort of through experiment on how I felt changing up the food that I put it, you know, cut back on the white bread PB and J's in the cafeteria and like mix in a salad. How did that feel in my body, right? So I was sort of my own experiment. And then the more I um, got into sport and became an athlete, you know, learning how to fuel my body, it wasn't, I guess back then there wasn't a lot of information on that doing that properly through a plant-based diet there was a lot of misnomers and the the food industry back then as far as what was available for for vegans man just like sawdust patties of burgers and things like it wasn't good (laughs) yeah the 80s and 90s were just (laughs) garbage for food (laughs) so not good everybody has it really really good now with all the products but Yeah, so just kind of discovering food. I love to cook, and so it wasn't hard for me to sort of play with different foods, um, but really noticing my body feeling different, um, especially around being an athlete. Um, Recovery, things like recovery was better. When I was vegetarian and I did dairy, I suffered greatly from migraines. And as soon as I, I, you know, I knew I was allergic, but darn, like cheese was really good. And so <laughs> <laughs> cheese, cheese, you know, cheese is really, good. Is really good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, cheese is good, unfortunately. So yeah.
2: I would eat it, but I would suffer greatly. And finally, mm-hmm. when I gave it up and became fully plant based or vegan, um, I never had another migraine.
0: Mm. And that's just so just to, just to just to interrupt a little bit to yeah, to expand sure. on what you're experiencing, this is your early twenties, that you're experiencing this. So you go through this college life, mm-hmm. and you're trying your best to eat plant based, but then you start yeah. to discover a more healthy approach to <laughs> plant based. And yeah. okay, so so now I'm living your early twenties. Right. Right now. So I'm in my first seven months, although I'm 50. (laughs) So I'm living I'm living my best life right now. Totally, totally. And so for the last seven months, the the number one question I get from people is, oh, you're vegan, you know, you're vegan, you know, and then they had that scowl on their face. And (laughs) and so that means you don't eat meat. (laughs) That's the next next question. And then where do you get your protein?
2: Oh, my. So let's just Number knock one that question. one out of
0: the park and let's just address yeah. that, because that's the first real question somebody always asks me is, mm. you know, what do you eat sawdust for, you know, quinoa and sawdust and right. lettuce? Where do you get your yes. protein? No, yes. <laughs> <Delicious>.
2: <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I hear it all the time. Um Uh, In the United States, we are not seeing people dying of protein deficiency. We're just not. Uh, And the truth about
3: food
2: (laughs) 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 food is there's protein in everything, right? Mushrooms have protein, literally everything. So uh, I believe that the volume of protein that we think we need to survive is probably much higher than what we actually need um i know that's controversial i know people really people think and that with the rise of things like the ketogenic diet paleo there's a a heavy heavy emphasis on protein um but that comes with trouble too that's hard on the kidneys Overdoing the protein is really hard on the kidneys and there's other things that can happen so um where do you get your protein everywhere right? It's in everything you eat. So eating with these
0: other, with these other diets, as, as you know, being a kinesiologist yourself, you know that, or, or kinesiology practitioner, you know, that, um, The equation to the ketogenic diet actually pans out when it comes to just the mechanics of the science of the body and how it works. So you Mm -hmm. take in more protein, that means you're going to, and you take in less carbohydrates, that means you're going to burn more fat and you're going to lose more fat. And you're going to dial in those macros and you're going to look like a rock star. So so the problem with that though is that is a horrible, horrible, uh, uh, immense amount of stress on the body. Yeah. And people don't understand what? how much stress on the body that actually is because they see so great results. Of- they feel better. But yeah.
2: Right. So if we're talking about longevity, right, that doesn't add up. Right. The uh, mm-hmm. the quick fix of the yes, you're going to lose weight. Right. That's for sure going to happen. Um, and you might look great for a little bit, but what you're doing to the insides of your body, right? That's not sustainable being on keto forever. I always hear from people, I'm I'm on keto again, because it worked really well the first time. And I usually just <laughs> encourage people to slow that sentence down and say that right. again, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm on yeah. keto what, uh... again.
2: Again. because we talked worked...
1: about we talked a little bit about macros last week and macros are, are the nutrients of lipids or fats, carbohydrates, mm-hmm. and protein. Mm-hmm. And those are ratioed. And so, uh, traditionally it's what, uh, 20, 60, 30, 20, 60, 20, 20, 20, 60, 20, 20, 20, and 60, 50, 30, 20, carbohydrates.
0: things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah somewhere in there. Um, okay. what would you say, Stacy, based on pound of body weight, is the amount of grams of protein that a person needs
2: oh, this is a trick question <laughs> I think it depends it depends on activity level um, you know I think it depends on age I don't mm-hmm. think somebody who's 18 years old playing three sports needs the same amount of protein as someone who's 75 and sedentary I think I really believe In a more holistic approach right and it's every person look what's right for you isn't going to necessarily be right for someone your same age and same activity level even right we all have different Mm -hmm. stuff happening in our body and so i i'm not going to throw out like an exact number i guess is my point because i think it's really case by case
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, in dialing sense. in your macros, Jake, a lot of times for mm-hmm. a bodybuilder or an endurance racer or somebody that's trying to aesthetically look a certain way. That's actually That's my an whole goal in life. That's yeah, <laughs> that's actually can be addictive where you're yeah. just addicted to dialing in your macros. Stacy, you have a little story about that. You don't have to go into it, but dialing in your macros to the point that yeah. you were just completely like unhappy with life, you know,
2: definitely speak to that. I went through a phase of really wanting to lean out my body and for my physique to be, you know, the, I'll just say the ideal athletic body. right? Right. And so I went deep into the life of tracking macros to the point where I was weighing and measuring anything that I would eat. Uh, to the point where I cut out any type of social activity that involved food, or I'd keep my food mm. in my purse, perfectly weighed and measured, right? There was no deviating ever. And I was miserable. I looked fantastic, right? But
0: <laughs> you were stuck in your house forever, <laughs>
2: but I was not fun to be around. Right. And I wasn't <laughs> really living because I was so hyper-focused. So yes, I think as with all things you can get into deep and With macro tracking, yeah, if you have a really specific goal in mind, that might be the sort of rigidity that you need. Now, fast forward these years later, I really believe in food freedom and learning how to have a healthy relationship with food that is not restrictive and punishing, which it Mm -hmm. can be.
0: Let's spin off on that. Tell me about it, because that really is interesting what you just said. Yeah so most people in can i make this generalization i'm sure that there's demographics there's um how about
1: you say many people and then that kind many, of many many there you go, there, yeah, there you no, go. many
0: many yes. people have a very poor relationship with food yes. either either they're just looking for a quick sandwich and that's why we have drive-ups They're, they don't have the time to make it. They don't see the value in it um, or they don't see the value in making it themselves rather. And so we really, because we're not make necessarily making our food on it as a many, many people are not making their food on a regular basis. They're not appreciating how it comes together and what it actually is. Um, So you might look at a meal and you don't even know what it is that you're eating um, when you go out to eat. Uh, Cause we, I have a culture that is very, in I guess indulgent, decadent when it comes to, to food. So, what is your relationship with food? Help help somebody like Shrey, Jake, and I have a good relationship with food. What does that mean to you?
2: What does that mean to me? Um, well, I think part of it is knowing where your food comes from. Um, you know, it's we we don't. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, ideally, I would say, like, grow as much of your own food as you can, because that's the best way to learn about food. (laughs) Now, it Mm -hmm. all really comes Mm -hmm. together. Um, but, um, I think this is further down in the notes here, but I believe that everything has energy, right? Everything Mm -hmm. is energy. Mm -hmm. And so if that's true, then what I eat is energy. So if I put into my body, vibrant, live foods with the energy of the earth and prepared in a peaceful, loving manner. Like, have you ever cooked dinner, but been really irritated that you're cooking dinner and you're chopping and you're angry and you're trying to do 10 things at once? And like, that translates, right? But when you are relaxed and you're cooking and you're enjoying yourself and you're sort of taking your time, Mm -hmm. that That translates in the meal too, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So having uh food is energy. And so as you take that energy in, thinking about how that's coming into your body, the process of it, where it came from, you know, I love prayer or blessings right before a meal to be in gratitude for the whole process of how that made its way to your plate, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: And also understanding satiation. This is, this is a bit of an issue in our culture.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. So expand on that just a little bit. What do you yeah. mean?
2: So our body, our brain and our stomach, they can talk to each other. But
3: right.
2: often, <laughs> often we get ahead of ourselves when we eat and we eat and we eat and we eat and we're not mm. eating at a pace. Where the stomach has time to tell the brain, like, I'm good, I'm totally good because mm-hmm. it's fast. We're driving through, we're putting it, you know, as fast as we can, food in our mouth so we can get to our meeting or get to bra- basketball or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then we've eaten an entire supersized value meal, but we're still hungry because we didn't even realize the meal we just took in because it happened so fast. And the brain goes, I'm gonna need more, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right you tell when you eat, to notice satiation in your body, to notice feelings of being mm. full or satisfied or enjoying the food. So, chewing slowly, you know, taking time if you can for meals. I know that's not mm. possible for everyone, yeah. um, but being a little more deliberate with, with our intake, and then we might start to notice things like, hmm. I actually don't need a third helping of that. Like I would have been good at one or even two, right? If it's, you know, that's good. But knowing what's good for your body means being in tune with your body, right?
1: Right. Do you, uh, when you work with clients, do you recommend a minimum number of of chews?
2: Ooh, no, I don't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I've heard a lot of things about that. Like you have to chew certain things X amount of times. Um, I've had teachers in my past that were very adamant about how many times you had to chew certain grains, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I love the saying, your, your stomach doesn't have teeth, right? So
0: (laughs) that is so true.
2: You gotta chew it up before it gets there. So taking your time (laughs) and saliva mixing with food, it's all part of the process of satiation Mm -hmm. and really, um, allowing, you know, some food needs to break down a little bit before it gets to the stomach. So chewing it up is important. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. And I, to spin off as well, Shreya, uh, I know that you, uh, kind of a project of yours is to grow most of your own food, right?
3: I'm trying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And huh? so like, what, what percentage do you think of your diet? Have you personally grown
3: right now? Very little. I'm still learning how to get plants to grow. And last season was a hard growing season. Okay, yeah. Um,
1: What was the biggest thing you feel like you learned?
3: uh, I learned how to read the plants a little better to tell when they needed water. Um, I have a tendency to overwater my house plants, and it turns out I have a tendency to underwater my outdoor plants. Um, And now I'm able to see the signs of that better.
1: Nice. And what do you feel like was your favorite thing to grow
3: i love brassicas uh broccolis brussels sprouts i i don't know i just think they're the coolest thing to grow and you can eat jurassic era
1: looking or what
3: that could be
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) well they produce a lot of food like Brussels sprout stocks have just all of them up and down and like broccoli is a big item on the ground and it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot. Lovely. Yeah. And the leaves you can do are a lot like with them.
3: Half the size of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Well, when you grow your own food, um, that definitely puts you in tune with the energy of the earth as well. Mm-hmm. Um and then when you cook that food, sure, you actually did a lot with food over the Christmas season. I was watching you do mm-hmm. uh, different gifts with food. Um, I actually yeah. practiced the same thing. I took peppers and mm-hmm. I, I um, did some fermentation of some peppers and stuff. And I gave those as gifts of just food, just giving gifts mm-hmm. as food. And I think that when we're generous with food, um, and we're growing our food. We have these little planter boxes out in front of our yard that my wife, Amanda, she uh, she grows and Natalia, they're all into it. It teaches our children um, certain values of the earth. So I think at least growing a pot of food, um, something that you can even have in your house or outside on the porch or your apartment veranda or wherever, um, just to grow something that you eat something from somewhere you grew from the earth i think mm-hmm. it's just an important almost spiritual exercise
3: the best cherry tomatoes you will ever eat oh right.
0: yeah exactly it's really well, good. Well, oh you know i yes i have a very uh i eat tomatoes because i know they're on the food rainbow and they're red <laughs> and i'm supposed <laughs> to eat them and that's and why ketchup I that. doesn't count ketchup doesn't count <laughs> I eat those tomatoes because they're on the food rainbow and they're red. That's the reason I'll give of why I eat tomatoes. And I'm just forced to sometimes, um, Stacy,
2: Another really fun one is if you plant um, and this can be, you know, on your porch or anywhere. But if you do in a planter several different kinds of lettuce, right? You call it your mm-hmm. little salad bowl, yeah. and you can keep trimming yeah. off of it. And it just keeps going. It's great. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, You can grow herbs, too, Mm -hmm. Um, fresh herbs in a small pot. And and this is just making space for people who either don't have the room because we do live in a metropolitan type city area. So we have more room here in Sherwood with our yards and such, but not everybody does. Mm -hmm. Um, And so growing smaller pots is possible, uh, even on the windowsill in the sunlight that comes through your window, it's possible to grow food even that way. Let's talk a little bit about something that's really important that, uh, that you mentioned in our pre-work, um, diabetes, and you wanted to touch on type two diabetes. Now, what I know from turning to plant-based, it's very easy when you turn to plant-based to then just start eating more sugar and salt because you know, you're know you putting salt on everything. Um, uh, you are decreasing your salt intake from not eating meat anymore. You're not grilling steak with a bunch of salt on it. But it's very mm-hmm. easy to put soy sauce, as much soy sauce or fish, not fish sauce, but um, <laughs> uh, sauce. aminos, aminos amino, yeah. on things. So it's very easy to increase our salt dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very easy to increase our sugar. So it's like, what am I supposed to eat? You know, let me eat these vegan cookies. So, so it's easy to do that. I'll um, eat Oreos. So, vegan, so we have to be, yeah. we have to be, yeah, they're vegan. So we have to yeah. be very careful, even when we change it to any kind of diet or make a change in our diet. I really appreciated what you said, just listening to your body. Mm -hmm. And making sure you listen to your body. But you said something very specific that people that are trying to correct now some Mm -hmm. challenges that they've had. Maybe they've entered into type 2 diabetes. Um, Give us your thoughts on that. and, And what have you seen with your clients and what successes have you seen people have and how to make progress? And we have to just caveat this. We're not doctors. We're not mm-hmm. recommending you go off any medication that you're on. Okay. We're just simply stating some practices that we find are healthy and helpful uh, when it comes to people with chronic uh, illness.
2: Yes. Um, I'll first say something about the um, salt and sugar conundrum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the best sugar you can eat is fruit, that is mm-hmm. nature's yeah. sugar. I have a. I have a strict policy that if it comes out of the ground, it's a gift and you should eat it. Right. So, uh, any kind of food plan that says no to fruits and vegetables, anything that comes out of the earth, go the other way (laughs) because that stuff is a gift, right? That is from the earth. So yes, fruit in abundance, fruit does have sugar, the sugar in fruit, your body knows how to digest the sugar in Coca-Cola that's a little confusing for your body. Right? So fruit is good. I want to say that fruit is good. (laughs) Yes, Sweetening (laughs) things with
0: dates, sweetening things with fruit, fruit is very, Mm -hmm. very good. Yeah.
2: And not fruit juice, but actual fruit. Yes. Sweetening with dates is wonderful, you know, and fruit when it's ripe, um, bananas are ripe when they're spotty, even though they don't look pretty. That's when I know, guys, but that's when they got all the good sugars going. <laughs> now, let's make
0: a caveat here, too, though, yeah. because you know, you could say, well, it's cane sugar, it's coming from cane plants. So, we're talking about processed sugar. So, mm. when you just get sugar by the scoopfuls out of the bag, because of an orange is not, does not have scoopfuls of sugar out of the bag in an orange. So, Actually right. eating fruit and getting sugar from fruit is actually sugar in moderation. You're not necessarily just in it because you can't eat right. that many oranges in your life. Yeah.
2: You'd have other problems if you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but... Exactly. <laughs> yes,
0: you would. <laughs> very much uh, full of fiber.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's very true. Um, As close to the earth as you can, right? Right. So that's, right. that's what exactly. we're looking for. Yeah. Yes. As close as you can. And the salt is really, um, I encourage people, we kind of get in a habit of when you cook you're salting as you go, right? Just tossing it in and you're going, I try to encourage people not to salt until they taste the food. Once they sit down, then you can add salt then, but when we add it during the cooking, oftentimes we then add more once we sit down to eat, and then we don't realize how much we've loaded in. So, I like to encourage people, add the salt once you start eating and you taste it, right? Because also when you go plant-based and you can probably speak to this, your taste buds change.
0: Oh, absolutely. You can actually, when you go plant-based and you get rid of meats and you know heavy meats, especially like red meat, and you start mm-hmm. going vegetables, you actually taste different things within the vegetable that you didn't taste before. Right. And you can actually taste when something's sweet and you can taste when something is actually naturally salty. So it's yeah. really quite interesting. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Something that, uh, you said a while ago, Stacey, that I remember, um, we were talking about endurance sports is you run and train with dates. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane to me. <laughs>
2: I like, but my go-to endurance, yeah, these are my homemade things. I like dates. Sometimes I will blend dates with coconut water and that is like my own gel situation. I have Um, no idea
1: how you get through a race. That would be like, (laughs) I would be loving that honey bucket.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you gotta train the gut, right? You gotta Uh, train the gut. I like little baby potatoes boiled and rolled in some salt in the pocket. Put those in your pocket. Potatoes are nature's energy. Potatoes, they get a bad rap. Potatoes aren't making you fat. It's all the things you put on the potato. <laughs> yeah, it's not the potatoes Potatoes fault. are
0: one. <laughs> so you are, you are, how many times have you done a triathlon? Full
2: 140.6? I am doing my first full this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so you've been doing halves.
2: I've been doing halves and and yeah and Olympics yeah.
0: By right.
1: by halves we mean seventy point three. There's there's no half yes. to it, but <laughs> yeah, let's just right. let's just be real. Okay, sorry. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> a full is one hundred forty point six miles total. Yeah. A half is half of that, seventy point three. Um, mm-hmm. you are a long distance swimmer. Mm-hmm. You are trained to be a long distance or trained to be a coach for cycling, swimming and running so you understand number one kinesiology number two the science and nutrition of endurance sports so let's move into a fitness section of our talk um about half of our talk has been used for nutrition but let's relate back to because nutrition and fitness are going to go hand in hand mm-hmm. definitely so jake why don't you or I'll start it out with a few thoughts just with fitness and athleticism. There's a difference where mm-hmm. fitness is kind of a broad term because you can be mentally fit or unfit. You can be bodily fit or unfit. You can be emotionally fit or unfit. So there's different, I guess, definitions or denotations of fitness. So, so, uh, when we talk about running or, um, endurance sports that is more athleticism than just a general broad fitness. Uh, Mm. talking in generalities about nutrition, um, is beneficial to our fitness. When we talk about athleticism or endurance sports, there's very specific nutrition protocols that go along with that. So you're burning a high rate of carbohydrates. You are Mm. expelling a high rate of salt you need to ingest those things in order to make it through a race. But for general fitness, there's actually, uh, by Peter Atia, Dr. Peter Atia has identified, um, and this is his focus uh, uh, place uh, components, he has identified four components of exercise, stability, strength, aerobic performance, and anaerobic performance. So Stacey, you have all this education, training, but also practically you're a yoga instructor and a sound healer. You work with clients and train. You work with sports teams um, Mm -hmm. and you help them with their nutrition and fitness as well. So you um, have a lot of experience on a broad range of different types of athleticism and fitness levels. So what are some basic things somebody like I can do to increase stability, increase um, my strength and also my aerobic performance and my anaerobic, what are some things that you would recommend that I do on a daily basis or weekly basis to increase that in my life?
2: Um, I like to tell people who are kind of just starting out, the best exercise you can do is the one you do. Uh, you have to pick something that you like. If you hate running, don't start a running plan. That's not going to work. Right. Um, if you love walking in nature, then you know, that's what you do. Um, if if we bite off too much, like, oh, I'm going to the gym every day, that's what I'm doing now. I'm gonna lift weights every single day. That's not sustainable, right? Mm. You're gonna get really sore, you're gonna burn out really fast. Um
1: you won't get yoked.
2: <laughs> totally not. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, you might hurt yourself in the process right so right. thinking about i like to ask people like well what what do you enjoy doing let's build something around that right if you really mm-hmm. enjoy gardening okay well what's the mechanism then like you need a strong back and you need to be able to squat down so you can weed your garden so we have to look at what's the functional movement mm-hmm. that's kind of a key term these days functional mm-hmm. fitness right right that, that But, but also unless you flip tires around for, for part of your daily living, you don't need to practice doing that, right? Like, just... (laughs) Let's think about what do I do? I need to be able to reach up in my cupboard to get my coffee mug. Okay, so I need to have some flexibility for that. My shoulder needs to be able to move that way. So thinking about what is actually functional fitness.
0: (laughs) I need to reach into my bourbon bar to pull out Yeah. It's heavy bottled, you make right. a cocktail. Yeah.
2: yeah. Can I do that? Okay. And if I can't, how can I make it happen, right? Right. So thinking right. about moving your body, creating more movement and right. more opportunities for movement. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of, of people's social activities are not around physical moving. stuff. Yeah. Moving our body. <laughs> so instead you of... Think- you know, Oh, go ahead.
1: Do you think that that's a cultural thing here, or is that kind of ubiquitous?
2: I think it's cultural here. Um, in many other cultures, people walk everywhere, right? There's
0: absolutely ride their
2: bikes, right? That's just part of the daily practice. They're not driving everywhere they go. Um, and likewise, uh. other cultures maybe depend more on their gardening for survival. And so mm-hmm. that takes a lot of work. I mean, Sharia, you can speak to how much work mm-hmm. it is to grow your food and, you know, daily weeding and watering and yep. trimming things right. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I find that, um, that we live in an unrecreative area. Like mm-hmm. people yeah. don't go out like, Do things active together. Yeah. Like we, Uh yeah, it's interesting. We
0: have, it's an interesting culture to live in because actually Oregon is one of the top rated healthiest places in America. Uh, Yet we, as I walk around and I see just in my communities and pockets of communities, uh, we, you know, there's, there's cyclists out, there's walkers out, there's runners out. But there's actually not that many. I mean, yeah. it's almost like, oh, we're a really active community because I saw four walkers today. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> what metric are we using? Um, right. Because I just had somebody tell me um, uh, yesterday at a, uh, it was a, a community mixer for downtown, uh, the local downtown that we live in. And he was very clear to tell me that that we live in a a not a non-walkable community, a non-walking community. Hmm. People just don't walk. They have to drive from one place. And if they can't, they get upset. So they, hmm. so the people just drive everywhere. Uh, we are a non-walking community. We're walkable. I mean, you, you can have... walk anywhere here. We have trails and places to go but we just don't walk. So I don't know what metric we're using sometimes. that we're the, I, don't, I don't know what the, the, the least healthiest place, what they're doing or what they look like, but I, uh, Not. I don't wanna live in the least healthiest place. No. Um, Jake, just really just really quick, Jake, would you go over some of the functional activities <laughs> of daily living? Give us those lists did, did, and then let's did we incorporate cut, some.
1: Did I cut you short, Stacy? I forget.
2: Oh, um, no, I think, um... I was thinking too about living in a place where it's not, you don't feel like it's an active community. To my knowledge, we don't have in our area here, um, you know, like city leagues, right? I don't see people out playing Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. softball leagues and, you know, things where you'd be mixing it up and doing that one that's wonderful community building. Right. But also you're moving your bodies. Um, I don't know of much of that happening in this area. So do we have
3: church leagues either? No. I don't we do, do some.
0: We do some, but the church leagues they're they're you know, pulling from a larger area. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like this concentrated area, but really you go to other countries and you'll see a park full yeah. of equipment yep. that people are just using to exercise and run on tracks that are just a city park that's yes. meant for activity for adults too. And, mm-hmm. and pe- we just don't have that here.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. and it's too bad because not everybody has access to paying for a gym membership. That's not no. in everyone. No, they're
1: expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are.
2: They are. and, um, they are. and, and yeah, even like
1: it, yeah, club club teams or like group play is usually mm-hmm. at those facilities, so it's not even accessible right. to people that aren't no. inside. Right. What did you, What did you want me to go over, Kevin?
0: I want you to go over the activities of daily living because this is really important that some of the uh, people that uh, you and I follow um, talk about activities of daily living. And these are the things that just waking up in the morning and doing these things is a part of our fitness. And if we don't do these things, um, there's some things breaking down. So why don't you talk a little bit about that for us?
1: These are, are correlated to longevity. And so... I'm going to just read this list and think about the first one are the basic activities for daily living and they're what you have to do. Basically, um uh, plumb line Just standard things. This is the bottom. Pers- this is this
0: foundational every
1: person needs to do, but think about you. We have two, we have two sides of life. We have the life where we can't function as a child and a baby that that these things are outside of our grasp and then we grow into them and then as we age into elderly that we will age out of these things as well so we'll lose control of that and in longevity um, and for like, value-added life to keep these things in the forefront of your mind so as you begin to lose them or that you train yourself and you go through programs and train to, to not lose these things. So one thing is feeding yourself. Mm -hmm. Baby can't feed themselves. Elderly will slowly degrade until they can't feed themselves. Bathing. Mm -hmm. Same thing on the spectrum. Grooming. (laughs) Work. Homemaking. Toilet hygiene. And leisure. So those are the basic activities for daily living just basics. Then you have what's called the instrumental, uh, activities they so things that will add to your life a little bit, but just make you autonomous on your own. And one thing is maintaining your household. So cleanliness, um, orderliness, knowing where things are, same thing with managing money, having your account. So think about like your parents or grandparents that are aging out of this stage, that, you know, when it starts to slip, that they can't maintain their house or they can't maintain their cash flow. They start um, writing move-
0: checks to uh, publisher's clearing house. <laughs>
1: the 700 Club does not need your money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> grandma. Anyways, um, sorry, uh, moving within your community. So like driving around. We have a lady, mm-hmm. uh older lady that comes in the shop that now she takes an Uber because she's been in an accident a couple times. So you mm-hmm. have to figure out how to move within your community. If you are training yourself, you'll figure that out. If you aren't training yourself, you'll just be stuck at home reclusive. Meal prep. So what we we're talking about earlier, Stacey. Like your if something's amiss in your life, you won't find the joy in, in cooking. Um, and as you age you know, you may not have that many people to enjoy a meal with. And so the prep of, of meal kind of is taken out of that. Shopping for yourself. Uh, taking medications. So laying your medications out in order and taking them as you age. And communicating. Um, digitally. I mean, the fastest growing Facebook user for like the last 10 years is, is uh, 65 and older. And so there is a positive in digital communication i think that we have we've lost that side of things that social media is able to to drive uh elderly to to communicate (laughs) then you have the things that you can do with others so it's called the co-instrumental activity life care of others care of pets child rearing so we're talking about care Communication management, so like um, mediating and and navigating other people to talk to one another. Financial management, health maintenance. So not just taking your medications on time, but actually keeping up on your health. Home maintenance, meal prep and cleanup, religious observations, emergency responses and shopping. So Peter Atia, Dr. Peter Atia talks about these as when he talks about the centurion decathlon that these are the things that are not part of those 10 things he wants to do when he's a hundred. Those are the things that he that they will have to be just rudimentary things of life because you have to, you have to, uh, Mm -hmm. some things might be taken away from you. Like, um, if you're chronically ill, if you, if you have a disability of any sorts, um, but training yourself and putting in scaffolding around you so that your life will be fit. And I think activities in day life are the basics of fitness, both cognitive, or all three, cognitive, emotionally, and physically.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So when you listen to that Good. list, uh, Stacy, mm-hmm. how do you find that, just give me an example about how plant-based eating mm-hmm. can add to my activities of daily living functionally, and then specifically, how can yoga increase my life. Like, I don't do yoga very often. Help me to do yoga more.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think for a lot of people, the biggest struggle to doing yoga is time. That's Mm. one more thing you're putting on. Right. And, and in a lot of ways, it seems to people like that's an extra or like, um, people sort of put it in the category of getting a massage. Right. Like, well, I don't have time for that or I don't have that's extra, right? But now it couldn't be easier if you, I mean, you don't even need a yoga mat, right? You have carpet in your house or whatever. There's no equipment really needed to do yoga. So whatever barriers we have there, and you can can check out a book for free at the library and see all the yoga poses. Um, There's definitely ways and the internet, right? I'm not going to say all of it's good out there, but <laughs> there's definitely. Do you have a, a lot do
0: you have a web do you have a website that you can steer our listeners to that maybe you would mm-hmm. recommend? Um, I put you on the spot load, so let's I just know. put those in the show notes later. Okay. Just give us that later. Um, but out. there are two um places that we can steer people to right now, mm-hmm. and that is one. Well, excuse me, this one that is free, the insight timer, the wow. insight timer has lots of, um, different, um, meditations, but also some different teachings on it that maybe we can glean some resources to add yep. to our adult late daily, uh, living.
2: Um, Yes. So, yes, doing yoga is great for so many reasons. One, of course, the benefit most people associate with it is the stretching, right? Yeah. Moving mm-hmm. our bodies, becoming, you know, you can gain flexibility at any age um a long time ago i worked at a retirement community as a um, health and wellness director teaching yoga to you know 90 year olds and it's remarkable right that they could still gain flexibility and they were like i haven't touched my toes since i was 20 and i did it today you know and it's like that's amazing so yeah if you work at it you can gain flexibility right and so that's great. And and often people say, well, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. Well, isn't that yeah. the reason yeah. to do yoga? we got to start yeah. somewhere. Right? So right. yeah, right. Just, just starting. And even if it's 10 minutes a day, stretching. Mm -hmm. Um, making your body more pliable. This helps, you know, things, even little things. I I tell people like making sure your ankles and feet are pliable because as you step up and down curbs, if you have a really rigid ankle joint happening there, like that becomes dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. So we need flexibility in the body, in the hips, in the feet and the wrists. And, um, So even just basic movement, um, most people don't stretch until they have an injury and then they have to stretch. Uh, We should be a bit more preemptive on the stretching, I think. Um, So
0: to now recap on something that I don't want to lose sight of that we mentioned, but plant-based eating, but also, um, what you've seen with type two diabetes now, one thing that just annihilates our activity of day- daily living in our culture is the, I don't know what they call it, epidemic, pandemic, not pandemic, but epidemic um, yeah. s- uh, stats of type 2 diabetes. Now, I understand that there are some cases where people have um, cellular resistance, insulin resistance, and it's mm-hmm. caused by different things than damaging our body with what we're taking in for food, eating sugars and things for a very long time. But yeah. for the majority of people, type two diabetes is caused by poor healthy habits, metabolic disease, um, and and eating and fitness um just not doing it. So mm-hmm. give us your take on on I'm not gonna say overcoming, but mm-hmm. um living with type two diabetes, what can I do? Let's word it that way.
2: Eat plants, right? (laughs) Uh, The thing is, you know, when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about diabetes, when we're talking about arteries starting to clog up in the body, I try to explain to people that eating fruits and vegetables are like scrub brushes for your insides, right? So where plaque is building up, where we're getting gunk stuck in our body in our digestive tract, the fruits and vegetables are coming in and they're making space inside your body so that your energy, your blood, everything begins to flow. And that's what we need, right? Um, we need less stagnation and fruits and vegetables can do that um there's a lot of wonderful research now that people have reversed type 2 diabetes on a plant based diet um and changing their eating habits um Mm. and even even with like super minimal exercise right that really just changing the food people are often able to get off medications that they have relied on and really Mm. the biggest thing that i'm seeing with type two diabetes is we're just seeing children younger Mm -hmm. and younger getting this diagnosis. And we know what it looks like for people to be on these medications in adulthood, but we don't have the research what it looks like for someone starting in childhood, a lifetime of being on these medications. That's kind of scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very. That is scary. A lifetime of of blood pressure medication breaks down your organs, statins for um, cholesterol, uh, insulin injections. I mean, it's just, we are in a, in an epidemic when it comes to what we're putting in our bodies and what we are actually doing to our bodies when we just continue to not care. Now, there's no, we're not recommending anybody goes off of their medications uh work with your doctor on that but definitely um what sometimes for me when i take a medication it gives me license to do the poor behavior even more and we need to be careful of that as well right. continuing right. bad behavior eating yeah. habits and such
3: yeah. i, I can attest that it's,
2: it's putting a hat on on whatever the issue is the right. issue is still there but we've put the hat on it and so we don't we don't exactly see it but that is it, mm-hmm. the, the pills are not a cure
0: no 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 so my uh so i can attest to a few things going on a plant-based diet so i'm going to reveal um yes. uh my test results for my lipid panel okay so sure. in 2012 running triat or doing triathlons, eating meat and stuff. I've never had really bad cholesterol. Um, mm. But I definitely, if I stopped training, uh, and just stopped all of my activity, definitely my cholesterol over time would have gone up. So I've always r- um, rode around about 120 to 130 on my cholesterol. Very good mm-hmm. cholesterol, um, according to the stats, and or according to other charts. But my cholesterol in four months, okay, and it's been stable, my cholesterol went down 19 points. So 101, so hundred from 120 to 101. So, you know, that's, that's pretty okay. Just going on a plant-based diet, of somebody that had good cholesterol, now I have a cholesterol that is, um, that's really good. When I go for my micronutrient tests, and some other tests that I've taken over this last handful of months, mm-hmm. um, I, I would say my internal clock is getting younger.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: so that, that, that younger internal clock, like my doctor has told me a certain test results. It's like you have this of a, of a 19-year-old. What are you doing to your body? And I said, well, I've, I've gone plant-based. And I've been very specific about the different supplements that I've taken and I'm I'm more than willing to share um, any, any supplements stack that I use. But most of what I'm doing is whole foods, just trying to focus on what I'm putting in my body, whole foods. But mm-hmm. what another interesting is triglycerides, it's basically your blood fat, my triglycerides went from... 112 to 96 so that's 16 points down just going plant so that's in the that's in the span of of five months ago or five months prior to excuse me Mm
3: -hmm.
0: excuse me what am I trying to say a year before going vegan Mm -hmm. okay I took a lipid panel and then I went vegan and now my my points are very low I'm 50 I should not have triglycerides and cholesterol probably that low. Um, And I feel great. My recovery is much better than it used to be. I'm not as sore after I lift weights or run or cycle. I'll cycle and have lots of energy. I feel like I have lots of energy. Uh, And I just feel better about my life. You talk about just the emotional experience about your life. I feel better. So let's just conclude with a couple of thoughts, because I do you want to jump in?
3: I'd like to ask one more question, if I could, please. Um, Do you have any advice for someone living with chronic pain or chronic fatigue um, to be able to get more whole foods? Because like, for the most part, you can't just pull a vegetable out of the ground and eat it. You've got to do something with it.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, like how to prepare more foods or sneak them or like into.
3: When you don't have the energy to do all the prep work, what do you do?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I will say this. Um, I mean, we, we do talk about fresh is best, but nowadays frozen is excellent. You can buy really good frozen produce and that is a lot easier prep wise, mm-hmm. um, being able to microwave frozen veggies and, you know, there's wonderful organic frozen vegetables that, um, I don't, I don't, we can debate organic versus conventional, Mm -hmm. but just more vegetables, you know, (laughs) whatever you can afford, whatever you can do, just make it happen. And I think frozen is great. I think that's a great way to start. That is definitely easier. Um, I personally don't encourage a lot in the way of of drinking your calories, um, you know, smoothies and stuff. That's really popular, but, um, unless you chew your smoothie, I guess, um, <laughs> which most people don't, but yeah, we still need those digestive juices. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I think frozen is wonderful. Frozen berries can easily mm-hmm. be microwave to put on your oatmeal. Um, I would say frozen is probably the easiest prep wise. Okay. Yeah.
0: I that helps, so I think uh, part of the challenge of chronic illness and fatigue, part of the challenge is it's kind of like a snowball, you know, it just, you know, I'm too tired to do this and then yeah. I don't want to do it and I just get unhealthier and unhealthier and unhealthier. So, so yeah, chronic fatigue is a, a challenge. I do have to say an and if it can be done or help could be given to this Mm -hmm. person with chronic fatigue and pain. Mm -hmm. They will feel better. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just by the, you know, we eat with our eyes first. That's something that I teach people all the time. We eat with our eyes first. And Mm -hmm. so if something looks good, like fresh and beautiful, the way that God created our eyes and our brains and our bodies, That when we look at something natural, we can identify and our brain tells us that's natural, good for me. And that automatically has a, a response mechanism in our body, um, to prepare my body to eat actually good food. So part of our, part of our, you know, people that say, I don't like anything green or I don't like anything vegetable, um, I don't really know quite what to say to that, besides that's a mindset. That is a uh, maybe just a mindset that somebody is in that maybe um, it needs to be a necessity versus a preference, like eating vegetables needs to move to the necessity versus, well, I just don't like them. Uh, But yeah, if somebody could help somebody Put foods in front of somebody that wouldn't have that natural brain, eye to brain response of this is healthy, this is natural, this is going to be good for me. Um, That's also a snowball that will happen in somebody's life too, if they do that enough.
2: Yeah. The more vibrant food you get in your body, the more that energy is inside of you and you'll start to feel, yeah, you'll start to feel that energy. And um, yeah, I can't say enough about even though you know poor kale gets a bit of a bad rap but there are ways to sneak more nutritious food into the foods you eat anyways right if you're making pasta put your sauce in a blender with a whole bunch of greens and maybe some black beans and you blend that up and you know ta-da! it's just your regular pasta sauce if you have to hide it for yourself it's okay but over time you start to crave the healthier foods because of the way it feels in your body and mm. so you know things mm. that you would have never eaten before you're like man that was the best broccoli i've ever had like i want broccoli again um because the body just starts to be like yeah that's good give me more of that
1: i don't know if i've ever said that but i will wait for that
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, <a> broccoli! <laughs> <laughs> you want to come pick up from my garden
1: I have ever had.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes.
0: yeah. I I actually am starting to say that.
3: Mm-hmm. Like when I
0: look at good foods and Amanda, my wife, is a wonderful cook and she, m- the majority of our food is, she cooks at home and she mm-hmm. is way into it and she loves to cook good food. So I get to enjoy that every day, um, mm-hmm. almost 90% of my life. And so, hey, can we do a popcorn just uh, give me a short answer for each statement I'm about ready to make? This is not on our pre-notes. Um, lightning round. So this Whoa. is a lightning round. All right. Ready for the lightning round. Just give me a mm-hmm. short answer here. Plant-based meat-like products. Meats like in
1: the shape of and in the
0: shape of Plant-based texture. I don't of... want to use the the word because I might get in. I don't want to get in trouble for the brand. S- okay. The slamming. So so like ground beef, but not ground beef. Fake okay. ground beef made out of plants. Short answer.
2: Okay. My short answer. It's it's not for me, but it's only because um, I don't miss meat. I never liked the texture of meat. That was not my thing my opinion on it for people that are trying to transition that's wonderful that there's things that you know nothing had to die for you to eat something is it a health food not so much but is it a good way to transition yeah
0: okay Can be. fermented foods love it good for you bad <laughs> for you necessary Great. for the gut biome
2: absolutely look at any culture and you will find fermented foods and really, and um, yes, good for the gut, um, good for so many things. Fermented foods are wonderful. Yes. But you know, pickles that you buy off the shelf in the middle aisles, not the same as, as the fermented, you know, I guess we can't Mm -hmm. use brands, but you know, the ones that, They're a little bit funky when you open them. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the good ones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Okay. Uh, Farmed fish. No. (laughs) (laughs) No.
2: I I can recommend some documentaries about that. Um,
0: You can recommend a documentary. Give it to us.
2: Hmm oh boy i can recommend several forks over knives is wonderful um what's the one can i'm trying to remember the one you want
0: seaspiracy, seaspiracy. Oh, seaspiracy. Yeah. Whoa boy whoa 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 changed whoa, my boy. life fish like farm this. fish actually live in a cage Tank. and if they're yeah. naturally farmed fish that cage is just put into the water the natural water so those farm fish live in their sewage and so mm-hmm. so that that's why farm fish, actually, when you read the package, it says no color, co- added. color added. Why would you have to add color to salmon? You start questioning that because it's white when it comes out of the the farm. It does no color. It's gray.
2: They're also finding mm-hmm. lots of really terrifying diseases in those fish as well. Um, that By are the not Simpsons
1: style.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's just yeah. I mean fish is a challenging one because, you know, we've sort of been convinced that farm raised fish is better because we're not taking out of the ocean. But Mm -hmm. farming fish is also has its problems. And then fishing from the ocean, the bycatch and the other things that come with that and what's happening to our ocean. You know, if we if we care about this earth that we were given then we need to think about ways, you know, longevity in our own bodies, but you might be incredibly fit, but this world isn't going to make it if we keep it on this trajectory. So right. we have to think about our impact there as well.
1: <clears throat> what, a what, this is a question that was thrown out there. Um, what do you think is the most impactful book documentary series that you would, that you recommend to your clients?
2: Um well the China study was a wonderful book but it's very dense so I don't usually recommend that one. Um but I like Forks over Knives. I think that's a really okay. good film. I'm trying to remember the one that came out more recently that was got a lot of publicity cuz they had some athletes in it. Oh
0: um Oh, oh uh, it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Yeah. Yes, I can't yeah. remember the name. He's vegan I, now.
2: Not
1: it's yeah. not vegetated. Um
2: no. Is it educated? No, no.
0: Mm. Okay, let's do popcorn. Best food for my brain?
2: Walnuts.
0: Walnuts.
2: Look at a walnut. What does a walnut look like when you crack it open? A brain. My brain.
0: A brain.
2: <laughs> what is yeah. That's a good
0: reminder. Awesome. Like, what does a walnut I, yeah. have
1: in it that, that makes it good for your brain?
2: Omegas fats. or what are we talking good about? Good fats. Yeah, okay. yeah good fats.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's nice. a great that's a great nice. illustration thank you
0: awesome yes. thank you walnuts for the brain walnut that is excellent i yeah. lost i i lost something here <laughs> hold on a second okay um can micro is mike should i microwave or should i stove top
2: mm. i mean i would prefer stove top but if the microwave is what gets gets you to eat the healthy food you do what you got to do. Do it anyway. Do what you got to yeah. do. Okay.
0: Yeah. um Can I trust my tap water? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: say, there's no. so much
0: estrogen in tap water now, too. There's to be so bearing. much, so
2: much yes, in water. There's yeah. chemicals,
0: estrogen. There's so much in tap water right now. I mean, yeah. I want
2: to say if you can get your water from a natural spring, if you can make the drive out on the twenty-six and fill your bottles.
0: You know, Mm,
3: yeah, we're finding forever chemicals in rainfall now, so
0: yeah, totally intermittent fasting. No, why?
2: It can be a very (laughs) big hormone disruptor. That is an interesting one. It's been, it's popular, right. The whole skipping Mm -hmm. breakfast trend that we've always been doing um is now called intermittent fasting but um, (laughs) yeah it all comes around but uh it can become a pretty significant hormone disruptor so i you know if you if you're just not hungry in the morning fine listen to your body's natural cues but forcing yourself into these eating windows, what we are finding is it just becomes an absolute binge for a lot of people, and that's right. not okay. that's not serving you. Okay. The,
1: uh, the the vegetarian athlete thing was called
2: the game changer. Yes, mm. that's it. <laughs> game changers, yes.
0: Okay. And here is one for you've already uh, mentioned it, but. I'll ask it in a question: Why is kale healthy?
2: Uh, Kale is loaded with vitamins. It's loaded with iron and calcium, and um, it's like it's like a Brillo pad for your insides. It's so good; Mm. scrub out the gunk. So good!
0: I've eaten it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner all the time in different ways. I love. Pro tip on the kale,
2: though. People are a little turned off on the kale because texturally it can be Mm -hmm. like real roughage. The trick to kale is massaging your kale.
0: Yes. 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 And how do you massage your kale? Give us a, give us a recommendation.
2: Um, I like to use you. I like to use a combination of some citrus and some fat that really Mm -hmm. helps to break down the woodiness of things. Um, some people do eat the stem. I do not. That's just too much. Maybe save that for a smoothie, or your if you're cooking your own stock, you know, save your scraps. But, um, yeah, I I like to do a little bit of lemon and a little bit of tahini. That's my mm.
0: favorite one. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Last one, sleep. Oh,
2: really underrated. Really underrated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, really quick. That could last an hour, but I could
2: take all day on sleep. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Go ahead. Why is it underrated?
2: Really underrated because I mean, you spend half your life sleeping, so the quality of, uh, you know, the bed you're sleeping in, the, the temperature of your room, the lighting, everything goes into your sleep and sleep is recovery. Sleep is when your body, your cells, everything gets to rejuvenate and reset. And when we're doing that with the TV on or earbuds in, all these things, like your body's like never down-regulating your nervous system. And and I would say most Americans, your nervous system is fried most of the time. So we really need to down-regulate that and sleep is a beautiful way to
0: do it. Awesome. Very good. Stacy Cannon, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate your thoughts and your wisdom, your education and your experience. You can find Stacy on cypher.life. That's cypher.life. That is her personal coaching website and also you can sign up locally here for uh, teaching. Can I ask one question? Do you do Zoom coaching and digital uh, coaching? Okay, so you can sign up for digital coaching. Um, And you can also locally sign up for sound healing or yoga classes, wherever she uh, teaches those now. And so you can sign up for just the different programs that she has to offer. Uh, We also just want to encourage you to ask questions. To continue this through the week, you can put um, questions in our chat. And if we don't know the answer, we can reach out to Stacy during the week and find out the answer, and she can help us uh, with that. So, with that, thanks, Sherea. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Stacy, especially uh, for Thank joining you. us. And with that, good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Thanks,
3: Stacy. Yes.